Hey y'all and welcome back to the Favorite and Fabulous Podcast. It's Veronique Bailey here and while this isn't a new episode, it is a new, I guess, sharing of um, a Bible study that I did earlier this year. Um, It's called Slow Feet Don't Eat and just in obedience to God this morning, I am up and posting this to the podcast as I knew um, would be done months ago, but now, you know, he's told me to do it. So um, I hope that you all enjoy this Bible study and um, I'm excited for all that God is just doing in my life. I'm excited to come back before y'all very soon and be able to share um, just some of my testimony and where God's had me because I have not posted a podcast episode since February. And you go from posting once a week for nearly a year to not posting at all in nine, 10 months. But I'm excited to be able to share um, in a little more depth what God has been doing with me and through me and um, his purpose that he's just been revealing to me. And so I hope that by listening to Slow Feet Don't Eat, you are inspired and motivate, motivated, excuse me, to move your feet today. And um And I thank y'all for rocking with us at Favorite and Fabulous. You know, um, I had to move the podcast to a different hosting platform. So it hadn't been available for a few months on, I know, Apple, but it's back now. So be sure to follow us on social media at Favorite and Fabulous underscore on Instagram and at Favorite and Fabulous on Facebook. And I just look forward to whatever God um, intends to do with this. I've had a few prayer calls and um went live a few times in the last several months and um and even when people reach out to me I'm like hey y'all I can't give you an exact um timeline as to when I'll be back or if I'll be back posting weekly like I was doing in the past but I can say that whenever I come on just know it's because God sent me and so again I look forward to being able to share that in more depth pretty soon but For now, I hope you enjoy Slow Feet Don't Eat, and God bless you all, and have a fabulously blessed day, and remember, you are favored by God, and He made you fabulous. Without further ado, here's Slow Feet Don't Eat. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Favorite and Fabulous Bible Study. It's the first one, so I am tremendously excited to say the least. Um, just to be able to do this, honestly, just looking back at how Favorite and Fabulous got started last year, it was this time last year where God was like sending me different signs and speaking to me about starting Favorite and Fabulous. And I was like, God, you sure that's you? Like, are you sure you talking to me? Because I need another confirmation. I was really playing. (laughs) I needed like 10 confirmations and he finally was like, look, I'm not about to tell you again. Okay. So um, just looking at where God has brought this, um, I guess, ministry to, it's amazing. And I'm just excited to be the voice in the vessel. Okay. So I just want to thank y'all so much for joining the first ever Bible study. I know that this will be a monthly thing. That's what God has told me to do it monthly on the second Thursday of every month. Until he tells me not to, I'm going to do it. So um, I'm looking forward to coming back again next month and just keeping it going. Um, 
But before we get started, I do want to start us off with a word of prayer and we can get right into it. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for this opportunity for us to come together, Father God, just to study your word, God, just to get new revelations in what your word has said to us, God. I pray that each and every person who hears this Bible study, whether live or later on down the road, is able to receive the word that you have prepared for us, Father God, and that it resonates with them just in the way that they need it to, God. Thank you for knowing each of our needs before we even ask, like your word tells us. And I just pray that the needs that we have are met through the message that will be shared tonight, God. Take over. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here, not only around us, but inside of us. And I thank you, God, for protecting us, keeping us, leading us, guiding us, and filling us with your spirit. Thank you for everything and all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. Hold on. We got a couple people I need to let in. We'll see one. Okay. Welcome. Welcome. As I said before. So just to give y'all a little bit of background on um, how the Bible study came about. So just minding my own business last week. This was like last Monday. It might have been last Sunday. One of them two days. And God just like dumped the Bible study on me. He dumped topics on me. He dumped everything at one time. And I was like, oh, I got to go. I got to get all this stuff together. I got to get it ready. Um, and for those of you who may or may not know or may or may not have had the opportunity to listen to the podcast at all, I always talk about how I have this planner type A personality. I need to know all the details, the who, what, when, where, when, and why of everything. Okay. And God has really been stripping me from that. I really think he's on a mission to like just completely remove that from me. Well, maybe not completely, but maybe he wants to use it more for his will. So for myself, he's just been taking it away. And so I had this, I jumped into um, what my mentor helped me understand was a hustle mode. And I want to just get everything perfected and everything done. Um, but that's just not what God had planned for this. He just wanted me to be obedient and he would lead it how he wants to lead it. So I'm excited to just follow that lead and just go right into this. Um, yesterday's podcast episode talked about your story being for God's glory. And we dived into Joseph's story. And it's so interesting because here lately, like I've really, really wanted to study more of the Old Testament and so for some reason, God led me to start with Abraham because I found that back in the day, whenever I've tried to like read the Bible from the first of Genesis, I stop somewhere around the fifth or sixth chapter and then I go somewhere else. And so God just got me right there around chapter 12 and said, just pick up right here and, and let's read from here. And so um, with that, I ended up watching like a cartoon video on Abraham. And then I moved into Joseph and watched a cartoon movie on him. And boom, here we are. And so I'm so excited because what I have found from talking about Joseph on the podcast yesterday and then having this word from God today to share about Joseph also it just lets me know that there are so many revelations that we can get from any part of God's where you can read the same thing and we know you can go back two years from now and get a totally different revelation or interpretation from what you've read. And so I'm excited to go deeper into that because yesterday we talked about how God kept Joseph, God delivered Joseph, and God raised him up. And we also discussed the similarities in our own lives and how we have to look at our testimony in the same way because God has kept us, delivered us, and raised us also 
Um, but tonight's message, we're hitting from a different angle, okay? The title of tonight's message is Slow Feet Don't Eat. And I encourage you, if you have a notepad or something, take some notes. Um, eventually, I'll put this on YouTube so you can watch it again and take notes there too. But for now, take your own notes, okay? <laughs> but uh, Slow Feet Don't Eat. And SLOW is actually an acronym, so um, throw that out there before we get started, but we're going to read out of the book of Genesis, chapter um, 41. So Joseph's story goes from chapter 37 all the way through chapter 50. It's It takes up most of the book of Genesis, actually. And um, I want to give a bit of a background in case anyone hasn't had an opportunity to, to just study Joseph, um, just to kind of catch us up to speed from where we're going to pick up in this um, Bible study today. And so... Before I get into that, I want to tell where I got this slow feet don't eat from. So I end up seeing um, there was this young lady and I think she was out of Memphis who passed away probably about a year ago. And when some of her friends were like sharing her Instagram page, y'all know how we do. We got to go see who it is and, you know, more with them. And for me, like I really put myself in other people's like situations and like grieve with them, I'll say. So for her, I was like, man, she was so beautiful. She was so young. And it seemed like Sophie Don't Eat was just like her favorite caption. Okay. Like I like the word fabulous. She likes slow feet. Don't eat. And so recently like that surfaced again, um, where people were like posting about her and, um, I stumbled upon the phrase again. And I was like, where did this originate from? Because I know she's not the first person that I've seen say that or heard say that. Um, and so I Googled it. And apparently there's some football player who always says that, but he uses it because, of course, you can't have slow feet in a game of football. And so that's where this whole thing has come from. And it's interesting because my note that I have with this title is somewhere in December where I saw those posts and then God started downloading to me and giving me what slow the acronym stood for and I thought it was going to be the first podcast of the year but God said no it's for this Bible study and so as we get into Joseph's story I'm going to run through real quick just his life so Joseph was the 12th son of Jacob his his mother was Rachel who was Jacob one of Jacob's wives but actually his favorite baby mama I'll say um <laughs> so Joseph was the youngest of 12 and and his father really showed favoritism to him because after having all those kids for a while Rachel couldn't have babies and so after having all those kids um when Rachel was finally able to conceive boom, there came Joseph. That's Jacob's favorite child. And so he gave him like the special treatment. So you got Joseph's brothers out here, you know, basically working their fingers to the bone. And Joseph is the one being loved on. He's given this fancy coat. It's described as the coat of many colors. And so um, he starts having these dreams around the time he's about 17 years old. And so when he starts having these dreams, he's telling them like, hey, like I had a dream that I had some some wheat and y'all's was bowing down to mine. And I had a dream that all the stars and the moon and everything in the sky was like bowing down to me. And they're like, so what are you trying to say? Like, we're going to bow down to you. And it added to the jealousy that his brothers already had in him because he was his favorite child. And so they basically one day they were out working and he came up to them and they had plotted to get rid of him. And so they ended up throwing him in the pit, then selling him to some 
traders who end up selling him to Potiphar's house in Egypt, well, to Potiphar. And so Potiphar was the um, chief of the of the palace guard. And so um, he was like right under Pharaoh. And so when when Joseph went to serve in Potiphar's house, he had to clean, he had to do all these different tasks and chores. He was a slave. And so because he did his work so well, Potiphar promoted him to basically be over the other servants. Like he was like the chief servant. And so after a while, the Bible does describe Joseph as being this fine man. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm very visual. So whenever the Bible describes somebody as being fine, I picture what I think is, is fine. And then I picture them being that. So picture whatever man you think is fine. And then that's Joseph. Okay. So Joseph is like this fine man and Potiphar's wife is checking for him. And so so she's trying to get Joseph to sleep with her. And so some versions of the Bible say that she um, she said that he actually raped her. Some versions just kind of say she accused him of trying to. But, you know, um, nonetheless, that was enough to upset Potiphar and make him throw Joseph into prison. So when Joseph went to prison, there were some inmates who were also in who also came to prison at some point. But these two inmates were um, from Pharaoh's palace. So they were servants of Pharaoh. One was a baker. One was a cupbearer. And so they started having some dreams. And when they would have dreams, it was like haunting them. So they would wake up and their nerves would be bad. Like, what did I just dream? And so Joseph was like, well, tell me, you know, tell me what you dreamed. And I'm going to tell you what God has to say about the dream. And so for the baker, his dream basically showed that he was going to be killed by Pharaoh in three days. And for the cupbearer, his dream showed that he was going to be restored to his position. And so and when the three days passed and those things came true, um, well, Joseph had asked the cupbearer, hey, when you get back to where you're going, don't forget about me. I'm in here. Let them know like that I interpreted your dream and it came true. Um, but long story short, the cupbearer was restored to his position, just like Joseph said. The baker, unfortunately, was killed. And the cupbearer did not remember Joseph until a few years later when Pharaoh started having these crippling dreams. And then he needed people to interpret dreams. So he was calling people from all over to come and interpret these dreams. Nobody could do it. And that's when the cupbearer said, hey, I'm remembering my own failure. OK, there's somebody in jail who interpreted my dream and it came true. And I'm sure that he can interpret your dream also. So Pharaoh called for Joseph to come out of jail. And when Joseph came to interpret the dream, that's where we're going to pick up in reading today. But I had to give y'all that background before I just jump in and start reading. So we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 41. We're going to start at verse 14. All right. So it says Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once. And he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night. No one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So Pharaoh took Joseph. His, so Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. In my dream, he said, I was standing on the bank of the Nile River and I saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. Then I saw seven sick looking cows, scrawny and thin, come up after them. I've never seen such a sorry looking animal in all the land of Egypt. 
These thin, scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows, but afterwards you wouldn't have known it, for they were still as thin and scrawny as before. Then I woke up. In my dream, I also saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind, and the shriveled heads swallowed the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one could tell me what they mean. And Joseph responded, both the Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin scrawny cows that came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represent seven years of famine. This will happen just as I have described it, for God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he is about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity through the land of Egypt, but afterwards there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. The famine will also be so severe that the memory of the good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent, wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring to Pharaoh's store, bring it to Pharaoh's storehouses. Store it away and guard it there so there will be food in the cities. That way, where am I at? Okay. That way, there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. So I'm going to stop right there um, for a moment and say, um, uh oh, got another person. Okay. And say, so these, these scriptures tell us, okay, there's a famine coming to the land tells us what happened with the entire dream interpretation and stuff. So Joseph is telling them, look, these dreams are going to happen exactly the way that I'm telling you it's going to happen. We're going to read four more verses really quick. Starting at verse 53 of the same chapter 41. At last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to an end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt, there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. So with severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians for the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt. And people came from all around Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world. Amen for the reading of God's word. So as we can see, Joseph interprets his dream and then Pharaoh puts him in charge of being this person that he said, you need to find an intelligent, wise man to, to steward this, this process of harvesting this food because the famine is going to come just as I told you. And so 
we've read the word. I want us to jump into now applying this to our own lives and how this word should resonate with us. And anytime I've heard the the story of Joseph taught, I've never heard it taught from um, this perspective. When we look at just these few short verses, this is like a seven plus year span that's happening very quickly, just through maybe about 20 verses. And so you got seven years where he's literally um, storing up all this all this food, harvesting all this food into the storehouses. And then you have the seven years of famine that come thereafter. But I want us to look at this when we talk about, um, uh-oh, sorry, I got an echo. Um, when we're talking about slow feet, not eating or the title slow feet don't eat we're going to go through each and every one of these um, letters in this acronym and talk about what kind of slow feet are not eating so the first type of slow feet that's not eating is selfish feet selfish the lack of consideration for others concerned with one's own personal profit or pleasure so when we look at joseph's life could a selfish person have had the job of storing up all this food for all these people? You're talking seven years. You're talking thousands of people that need to come eat because there's going to be a famine. Could a person who was selfish have actually taken on that responsibility? And when we look over what we just read, Joseph clearly told Pharaoh, look, you need to find somebody that's intelligent and wise, but you also need to find somebody that's going to store this food away and guard it so that there will be food in the cities and there will be enough to eat. So when the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph predicted, the famine struck all these countries, all of Egypt, everything. And if this person had been selfish, concerned with only themselves, would they have been able to actually harvest this food and then share it? And so when we learn to see our role in the body of Christ, we have to learn to see ourselves as part of the full picture. In 1 Corinthians 12, it tells us there's one body, but it's many parts. So Joseph could not just see his new found um, level of, of hierarchy because now he's the second in charge of the whole um eat the whole land of Egypt, he couldn't have taken that to his head and become selfish or become all high and mighty in that. He Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to successfully complete the task that was before him, which was to take all his food and to store it up so when hard times came, he could be the one to distribute it out. So when we're looking at our own role in the body of Christ, if we're too selfish with what we're supposed to do, say you're a finger, if you're too selfish with your own finger self, <laughs> you are not going to be able to successfully help the whole hand. Like if, if you're not a part of the full body, if you're only worried about what's concerning you or what has been placed in your hand or what God has given you and then it goes to your head, you're not going to be able to successfully complete the, the needs of the entire body of Christ, the needs of the entire world. So if there were a selfish person put in the position that Joseph had, not only would he have not eaten, but nobody else would have ate. So if Joseph was only concerned with himself, he would have ruined the entire mission. So we need to understand that selfish feet are not going to eat. OK, selfish feet don't eat. The second point I want to make today is that lazy feet don't eat. So when we look at the word lazy and it's so funny because recently <laughs> God was really on my head about laziness because, y'all, I would just 
I love to go home and chill out. Okay. I love to just have a whole bunch of stuff to do and find myself overwhelmed and laying in the bed somewhere. I don't know. It just, it's like, I love to just be chilling. And sometimes you can't be chilling when you have stuff to do. And so when we look at Joseph, he had a huge task. Okay, so you give Joseph this position of power. So Pharaoh gives Joseph this position of authority, this position of power, but it wasn't so he could chill out. Like there was a lot of work that was going to be required of him in the next seven years to make sure that the country and other countries were successfully fed even after. And so when you look at Joseph's role, if he were lazy, meaning unwilling to work or having a lack of effort or or activity, he would not have successfully been able to harvest this food. And But the thing is, we have to look at Joseph's work ethic even before he had this position of authority. And so we see his work ethic when he was in Potiphar's house, how he served literally as unto the Lord. He served Potiphar's house so well that he was promoted to be over all the other servants. What if Joseph would have allowed any of the hardships that he had went through, any of the things that he had experienced to make him lazy? What if he would have said, look, my brother sold me. I ain't got no reason to even be in your house. I'm not serving you in a way that I should. I don't care. I don't even need to be here. I'm not even supposed to be here. What if he would have said any of those things instead of truly just embracing where he was in that season and serving and and working in such a way that got him promoted, that made him stand out amongst other people? And so, first of all, if he would have done any of that, he wouldn't have been promoted, but he probably would have been thrown in jail or killed way sooner um, than than he was actually thrown in jail. But again, when we look at Genesis chapter 41, verses 47 through 49, Joseph predicted these seven years of famine. So if God gave him this this vision of what was to come. God gave him this idea of how long he would have to harvest what he was going to need and then how long he was going to need what he harvested it for. And so when God spoke that to him in the dream, even though it wasn't to him necessarily, but when God allowed him to interpret that message to Potiphar and then he was the one that was put in charge of this task, Joseph knew that he had to strategically organize this process for them to grab and gather up enough food to survive throughout the seven years of famine. So when God gives you something, when God speaks a word to you or a message to you or a task to you, what are you doing with it? So you mean to tell me that when we read this, when we read through Genesis, it says that they gathered up so much food that they lost count of it. That's what it says in verse 49. Um, He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand in the seashore. Finally, he stopped recording because there was too much to measure. So not only did he work, but he worked so hard that he couldn't even count it anymore. That is how he stewarded the task that he was given. So how are you stewarding the task that God has given you? If God tells you to do something, if God has placed something before you for you to be over, for you to be in charge of, would your laziness get in the way of you actually doing it successfully? So I want us to just be encouraged of Colossians 3, 23 and 24, which are some of my favorite verses, verses, but they say, whatever you do, work at it heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men, remembering that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward because you are serving Christ. And it's so important for us to look at Joseph's example of how he served in that way 
how he served as though he were serving for God, not for Potiphar, as how he served as though he were serving for God, not for Pharaoh or not for any of these people who would need food in such an abundance that he couldn't even count the amount of work that he and his team had done. So if you're lazy, you're not going to be able to serve in that way. You're not going to be able to serve unto the Lord so well that you can't even count the 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 amount of, of service that you have given to him. And so lazy feet will not eat. All right. The third point is obnoxious feet won't eat. When we look at the word obnoxious, it means to be extremely unpleasant. It means to be a show off, to be attracting attention to yourself. Um, Man, it just makes me think about like being in high school and how they there were people who just wanted to be seen, just wanted to be the class clown, just wanted to be, you know, always in front, always taking some kind of role of, of authority or just being over people. And if Joseph were obnoxious, y'all, like it would have looked totally different for him to have been in that kind of position. Not only would it have like went to his head tremendously, but his arrogance likely would have prevented him from successfully working in the way that he worked. It would have prevented the blessing in general. But when we look at all these different points, God was testing Joseph's work ethic throughout these years before he was put into this position of power. As we said, he had dreams about this when he was 17 years old. And so you got all these years in between, about a span of about 20 years in between where Joseph is facing test after test after test. So God knew that he wasn't the obnoxious type. But imagine if he was, okay? First of all, he probably wouldn't have got this kind of position. So this challenges us to make sure that we're not being the type of people that are out here seeking any attention, seeking any excess validation or excess promotions, or just wanting to be in the spotlight of any kind, but recognizing who we're doing what we're doing for. Okay. And we're doing what we're doing for God. And so one thing I love about Joseph was that anytime he was asked to interpret any dreams, one of the first thing he said was, it's beyond my power to do this, but God will tell you what these dreams mean and set your mind at ease. Joseph always acknowledged God's presence. Joseph always acknowledged God's role and the gifts that he had. If you're an obnoxious person, you're likely not going to acknowledge God in anything. You're probably going to think it's all about you. Everything that you have comes from you. You're going to have, like I said, this big old head. And Joseph wasn't that man. But obnoxious feet won't eat because if he were, he wouldn't have had enough food to last them throughout this famine time. So we have to remember just like this true indicator of Joseph's character with him always giving glory to God, we have to have that same level of, of character in ourselves where we always give glory to God in everything that we do. And I love that God's word tells us whenever we boast, whenever we glory, let us boast in only in the Lord. Let us glory only in the Lord. That's found in um, 1 Corinthians, but also in Jeremiah always, always doing whatever we're doing with giving glory back to God and not letting it go to our head or feeling like it's coming from our own strength. So obnoxious feet don't eat. And then the final point that I'll make today out of this text is that wicked feet won't eat. And, and while this is the last point, I like to think that this is one of the most important points of the message today, because when we think about the word wicked, it means evil or morally wrong, usually intended to cause some harm or or capable even of harming someone or something. And this is so important because what if Joseph would have had any ulterior motives or what if he would have 
like I said, taking the slow position, you got the big old head, you got all this other stuff with you. But what if you would have been scheming and saying, look, I'm going to put my family's food over here. You ain't going to worry about what everybody else has. Like God could not have trusted him with that level of, of authority, but also that level of responsibility. If he had wickedness in his heart, he would have had the wrong intentions and it would have just been bad for everybody. But I love Jeremiah 17, 10, how it tells us that God searches the heart. He tests the mind and he gives people their rewards based on the actions that they have. He gives them the reward that they deserve based on their actions. And it's so important that when we look at Joseph's life, the reason he was able to even be remembered, be recognized, or even have this kind of gift of interpreting dreams was because of the kind of person that he was. He wasn't selfish. He wasn't lazy. He wasn't obnoxious. He wasn't wicked. And so God was able to reward him with this kind of position. He was able to trust him with this kind of authority because not only did he always give glory back to God, but because his heart was good. His heart wasn't dirty. His heart wasn't wicked. And so God is constantly searching our hearts. He's constantly testing our minds. And we have to recognize that our reward are coming from the intentions and the actions of those things. So Joseph was no different than any of us. God searched his heart and he rewarded him accordingly. He's going to do the same for us. So we have to remember that we won't eat. And so as a teenager, Joseph's having all these dreams um, that predicted what would happen in his future. And he went through so many tests so that God could make him stronger, but also determine whether or not he was going to be able to properly steward the level of responsibility that God wanted to give him. The same is true for each and every one of us. God is testing our hearts. He's He's searching our minds and searching our hearts and making sure that we are strong, making sure that we can handle the things that he has for us up the road. And so we have to remember if we're selfish, we're not going to eat. If we're lazy, we're not gonna eat if we're not just we're not gonna eat if we're wicked we're not gonna eat and so I challenge each of us to examine our own lives not only according to Joseph's and the faithfulness that he had to God and the way that he lived his life even with test after test after test after test but also just examine it to Jesus Christ and how he would be living his life or how he lived his life rather and, and what he would say if he searched our heart, what he would say if he tested our mind and if he looked at how we're stewing and the things around us and how our our motives are, are being managed and how we're thinking about things or how we're behaving about behaving with things. And so I just encourage you to think about a few questions. The first is will you provide food in a famine? Will you work to fulfill the purpose that God has for you? Will people be able to look at your life and actually see God? Like when we read um, Genesis 41, 38, Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else? Anyone else so obviously filled with the spirit of God as this man? And the answer was no. And that's part of the reason why Joseph was able to get the position that he had. But it's so important for us to ask these questions in our own life. If, if we had to work to provide in a family, could we actually do that? OK, if, if we have a purpose laid before us that God has given us, will we actually be the one who can fulfill it? If God is calling, if he's searching, if he's looking for somebody in this earth that he can trust, will he be able to trust us? So it's important, again 
for us to examine our own lives. And as the book of Genesis closes, Joseph comes back in contact with his, his family and his brothers who sold him into slavery. And after their dad died, after, after Jacob dies, they ask, um, well, they think, oh, he's going to really want revenge against us now. And, um, and so they plead with him basically like, hey, you know, don't, don't kill us. They sent a messenger to tell him, look, you know, your brother said they sorry. Please spare their lives. And Joseph is like, no, I'm not going to kill them because what they meant for evil, God turned it around for good. And that's Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. But it's so important for us as we're examining our lives, as we're examining the things that we've been through, reflecting over those things. And even if we're still in a hard time currently, not only understanding that God will take anything that anybody um, or any trick of the devil meant for evil and turn it around for our good. But it's so important for us to be doing our part and making sure we're not selfish, making sure we're not lazy or noxious or wicked so that when he does want to turn those things into good, we'll actually be the person that he can use for good. Because if we have any of those selfish, lazy, obnoxious, wicked characteristics in our own lives, God won't be able to use us to the fullest capacity that he wants to. So I encourage us today to take the story of Joseph, be inspired by it, be encouraged by it. Think to yourself, would I have been able to rally up enough food to last for seven years in a famine and be trusted with that kind of authority? And if not, it's okay because that means that we need to look to ourselves and make some changes in our lives. We need to go to God and allow him to show us the, the motives and the, the thoughts and the things that are in our heart that are not like him so that he can change us and then make us into the people who will be able to steward that kind of responsibility unselfishly without laziness, without being obnoxious and without being wicked. So I hope this message encouraged y'all today that slow feet don't eat so I don't know about y'all, but I love to eat. So I'm trying to eat every chance I get. Okay. <laughs> so let us all just be encouraged. I want to pray for us as we, um, leave out today, but I also want to encourage y'all to follow, um, favorite and fabulous on Instagram at favorite and fabulous underscore on Facebook at favorite and fabulous. And, um, that's all I have. Unless y'all have any questions, I can answer that. But, um, yeah, that's it. I don't see any questions. Oh, thank y'all. Thanks so much. Okay, let me. Um, Hi, Miss Danny. Hiya. Thanks for coming in. Okay, let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to share your word tonight, God. Thank you so much just for such a fresh word, God, such a unique perspective on a word that many of us are familiar with, God. I just pray that as we go throughout the rest of our week, but also as we go throughout this month, this year, and just our lives, God, you'll remind us of this word, reminding us that slow feet don't eat, that selfish feet, that lazy feet, that obnoxious feet, that wicked feet will not be able to eat, will not not be able to inherit the kingdom of God. I thank you so much that if we exhibit any of these characteristics 
that you open your arms to us, Father God, and you allow us to repent and turn from our ways and follow you, Father God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you remove selfishness from us, that you remove laziness from us, any obnoxiousness from us, Father God, and any wickedness from us as you continue to search our hearts and test our minds. I know that you will reward us according to our deeds, God. So I thank you that just like Joseph, we do everything that we do as unto you, Father God, and that we give glory to your name above our own, Father God, that we always turn to you, that we always acknowledge you, Father God, and not ourselves, God. I thank you so much just for this favorite and fabulous Bible study that you continue to guide this ministry, God, and I just pray that your hand stays on it, Father God, and that you just fill us up until we overflow, Lord. I thank you for everything and all things. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. And remember, you are favored by God and he made you fabulous. (laughs) Okay, peace out.